The Holy Gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I was asked this week in a diocesan council meeting as we were doing our scripture study to reflect on a moment in my life when I came to really know Christ and felt claimed by Christ or that I had claimed Christ in my life. It's not a new question to me as a priest. We get asked this sort of thing a lot. It's fascinating to hear everyone's examples and their stories. And in reflecting on my own, I'm always drawn back to my early introduction to the Episcopal Church. My congregation in Anchorage, Alaska, which is quirky and unique in all sorts of ways. But the way in which I was embraced and loved by that community as a very young person. And I thought about the fact that when you want to become a priest um, or when you feel called to become a priest or when someone says, says, hey, I think you should be a priest, the Episcopal Church does what the Episcopal Church does best. We form committees and a committee is formed to be a discernment committee for the person thinking of ordination. This is an interesting thing to ask a teenager to do to identify adults within the congregation who they feel can help them in that discernment and formation. At 17, I gathered with a group of adults from my congregation to do the work of discernment. Adults who had helped formed me, who challenged me, who helped me become the adult that I am, continued to walk alongside me in that moment. One of the people I had on my team, on my discernment teams, was our youth minister, or I believe her actual title was youth activities coordinator. She had started attending the congregation when I was in middle school and took on this part-time role. She actually worked at my middle school, and it was when she came to our congregation, I had that odd moment of realizing that people that work at schools have lives outside of school as well, a strange realization for most kids. In one of our discernment conversations, 
she said something to me that I have never forgotten. We were speaking about paths and what God called us to do. And she said something, and I think this was the first time I'd ever heard this from an adult. She said, I think that God gives us many paths and choice and agency in which one we choose and that none of them are wrong and that there can be many right paths for each of us. I was a teenager when she said this and there was all the pressure and all the work that goes into getting into college, figuring out what you're meant to do. There's so much conversations about finding the right path that I'd never heard an adult speak about finding the best path for you and that there might be more than one good one. It challenged everything I had understood about what it meant to walk in God's path. This is a trap I think that the church falls into so often, believing that there is only one right way to be Christian, one right way to fulfill what God calls us to do. That language, that language of calling and fulfillment, that language of God's path, while it can be inspirational, can also be dangerous. We so often fall into this place, this trap as I'm describing, of categorizing things as good or bad. We categorize things as being of God or not, good or evil. It becomes a very black and white binary and dichotomy. It's something the church has done for centuries tried to define the right way to be Christian. We become much less comfortable when we start challenging that to say that maybe there are many ways of being Christian that are right. In our gospel, we are given this familiar imagery of Jesus as the vine. And we hear the language that calls us to think of how to abide in Christ and how Christ abides in us. We, in many ways, are hearing a description of what it is to be Christian, how to be in relationship with God, how to flourish. Often when I hear scriptures where we have any sort of sense of pruning or branches that bear no fruit, I hear judgment. Judgment of branches that don't bear fruit. Judgment in the way that we have to cut off anything that does not seem perfectly aligned with the pat, that one perfect path. But it's interesting if you know anything about gardening, which I don't. So I will, I'm sure, get this horribly wrong and have to have Bobby or someone else in here rescue me. But we're hearing this language of pruning, pruning even branches that bear good fruit. That's a key I don't think I ever spend that much time on in this gospel. You prune even that which is healthy and good to optimize and make what is the best situation possible for any given plant. It's usually not how I have ever been successful at gardening, but I haven't been successful with plants at all. But the idea that any individual being in its unique needs for light and water 
and whatever else perhaps has to pick one of many good paths to fully flourish and grow, that that happens without judgment of all the other things that could be possible and could be good. That sometimes pruning is not about cutting off something that is bad, but making choices down one particular path. There are many good things in our lives, things that have served us, that have fed us as Christians and as people of faith, and that when we grow and change in our faith and our journey and our needs, when we let those things go because they no longer lead us on that path, does not mean that we automatically paint those with a brush of being bad or evil or sinful or unworthy of us or relationship with God. That we can prune from our lives and our faith and our Christianity that which no longer serves us. That if we can be within an expansive understanding of what it is to be a Christian, that is nuanced into the uniqueness of each of our different needs as our individual plants of this congregation with different needs for water and light and scripture and music and worship and formation, that all good things will not serve all people and that God is in relationship with us in choosing and discerning our paths, our futures, and the way in which we are uniquely called to flourish, to grow. We are invited by Christ in this community of faith, in the hope of the Easter season, this resurrection season where we walk with Christ, where the tomb is empty and our lives are full of resurrection, to do the work of discerning and seeing in the resurrected Christ a reflection of ourselves, our own journeys, our own possibility and potential, to see the many right paths before us and to gently and lovingly take ourselves in relationship with God down one of those paths. God God is all-loving and all-encompassing in our lives, or can be, and journeys with us no matter where it is that we go. As a young person, I remember, and probably truthfully still now, get plagued with this idea of discerning and picking that one right path. Even I do this for as our congregation in our life, trying to find that way in which we as a congregation will most flourish, will be the best incarnation of God and the kingdom as it can be. But there are many right ways in which we can do this. Perhaps it will take pruning things that are good. Perhaps it will take lovingly tending to places that didn't need tending before. But as I think of what this new phase will be for us, as we do this work of returning to our space and our community, I recognize that there will be tending 
of our community, tending of our programs and our relationships, tending of what used to serve us and what needs to serve us now. But that whatever path we go down, God will be with us. And what we prune, we can thank for its gift to our lives and our faith. And that together, we can do that work that we hear in that first letter of John to love one another, to root ourselves in that love so that we may abide with Christ. Amen.